Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to Get Your Go, and it is nice to be back today after having a week off, entering the new year, getting into week 17, what just happened after this crazy NFL week that saw the Packers wrap up a one seed, Big Ben's last game at Heinz Field, Seattle finally scoring 50 points, Indianapolis uh, losing the fifth seed in the playoffs, Arizona-Dallas battling it out in a coaching matchup of two overrated coaches in Mike McCarthy and Cliff Kingsbury. Then I'm going to give you my top five teams in the NFL, get into the NBA, John Morant looking special this year, give you my top five teams in the NBA, then recap some bowl games, especially since my Michigan Wolverines lost to the Georgia Bulldogs. Heartbreak and heartache. However, the future is bright for the Michigan team. Let's get started. Welcome again, everybody. Get your goat. Josh here. Pittsburgh, Cleveland yesterday. What an ugly game. I mean, what an ugly game. Other than Big Ben's... uh, emotional victory. It was ugly, especially on the Cleveland Brown side of the football. Baker was not good yesterday at all. Threw for 185 yards, two interceptions, a quarterback rating of 14.8. He took nine sacks that game. Nine sacks. And I think he also had like eight passes batted at the line of scrimmage. Uh, He could get no elevation on the ball. The defense was just reading Baker. If T.J. Watt wasn't sacking Baker Mayfield, he was just sitting back in a little coverage knowing that Baker can't throw the football and just batting the football down. It was ugly. It was ugly on the Cleveland Browns side of things, who only rushed for 93 yards, considering they have one of the best, best rushing attacks. And Pittsburgh has one of the worst rushing defenses. However, they didn't want to run Nick Chubb. They gained 4.7 yards per rush. I think it would have been better if they ran the ball more. 20 rushing attempts, and they let Baker air it out 38 times. 16 completions, that's not good enough. A total of 139 yards passing when you factor in all the sacks Baker took for 46 yards. He simply was not good enough. Do I think Big Ben was much better? No, he only threw for 123 yards on 24 completions, 46 attempts. Quarterback rating was even lower at 11.9. You came to this matchup for quarterback play. That was not it. The key was Najee Harris doing everything, running the football, catching the football. That was it. 28 carries for Najee, 188 yards for Najee. Congratulations for Najee. Got over the 1,000-yard mark last night for a Pittsburgh rookie. Uh, Congratulations to him. Carried the Steelers' offense on your back, as you have been doing most of this season. Not only did Pittsburgh get the win, but they kept their playoff hopes alive as well. That was the big one, because now if they beat the Ravens and somehow... The Jags beat the Colts. 
Pittsburgh can make the playoffs. Very unlikely, I think, Jags losing or Jags beating the Colts. But there's still possibility. There's still hope for the Pittsburgh Steelers. For this, what else does it do? Mike Tomlin is now not guaranteed a losing season. Has never had a losing season. Won't happen this year as much as I wanted it to happen because I don't like the Steelers. Uh, teams got in their own way. The Ravens a few weeks ago, the biggest uh, example of that. The Titans as well being up at halftime. So the best they can do is 8 or worst they can do is 8-8-1. Eight, eight best is 9-7-1. We'll see when we play Baltimore. For Cleveland, they were already eliminated coming into the game last night. What would they do? Well, did nothing. 7-9. and nine. Again, a microcosm of their season. Really, to me, the past three weeks on, ended their season on a three-game losing streak. I don't care what happens next week if they win or not. Bengals have already clinched the AFC North. Browns are already eliminated. But you finish on a three-game losing streak, losing to the Raiders at home by two points, losing to the Packers away by two points, then losing to the Steelers. And to me, a lot of it had to do with the offense and with Baker. I know against the Raiders, there was no Baker. Why? Because he had COVID, so he couldn't play. That was because of Baker. The Browns lost to the Packers through four interceptions. Baker yesterday... Uh, took nine sacks, two interceptions, just that bad because of Baker. Cleveland has a decision to make. I know, I mean, I hope they don't offer him a long-term contract, but you picked up his fifth-year extension. You get one more year of Baker next year because I don't think you're going to draft anybody that's going to be immediately better than Baker uh, unless some trades happen. You have one more year to evaluate Baker. I know he's been hobbled this year due to injury all over the place. But you've got one more year to really evaluate Baker, and that is it. Then with the Steelers, congratulations to T.J. Watt. Needs two sacks to break the sack record. I believe he's at 20 and a half if joined the 20 uh, sack club. However, Michael Strahan holds the record at 22, so he'll have one and a half to tie or two to break it. Indy's missed two games this year, so this 17-game thing won't matter much to me in uh, playing through broken ribs and all that and got to Baker four times last night. Just brilliant. A brilliant performance by T.J. Watt, by the Steelers sending Big Ben off like this. What an atmosphere it was. Congratulations to Big Ben on a great career and... Uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers for getting this win. Now we'll see how they fare against Baltimore. What else? Vikings-Packers. Vikings, season's on the line, and Con Artis Kirk. Con Artis Kirk, who is unvaccinated, gets COVID on Friday, which means he is out. Mike Zimmer in the offseason talking about the vaccine, how we're going to need all our players. And in the most crucial moment, con artist Kirk steps up, collects the bag, collects his bag, but still cannot play due to COVID. Because of that, the Vikings have no offense. Sean Mannion didn't play admirable, didn't play good. 
because of that. The team didn't play good. I know a lot of people want to talk about the weather and how cold it was. But the fact of the matter is the Minnesota Vikings could not run the football. Dalvin Cook, nine carries for 13 yards. They knew it was going to be a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook. So why not load up a box and force Sean Mannion to beat us when it's zero degrees outside? And Sean Mannion couldn't do that. Sean Mannion actually had more yards on the ground than Dalvin Cook by one. It, uh, 14, Justin Jefferson was involved, but wasn't that impactful. None of this team was impactful. It was just the ultimate serenation uh, for Aaron Rodgers at home. Only team this year to win every home game. Dominated them 37-10. to 10. Aaron Rodgers uh, threw for two touchdowns. Devontae Adams, great game. A touchdown with 11 receptions and 136 yards. Secured the one seed, the best record in the NFL. Playoffs go through Lambeau now. But I just want to say this. I didn't know if I want to get to get into this later or right now. But everybody wants to talk about Green Bay, how good they are. And this is the same team that they had last year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Devontae Adams, Lazard. Same team they had last year. In the same position last year. They had but one seed. Aaron Rodgers is a favorite to win MVP, just like last year. People last year wanted to say, oh, can, you know, nobody's going to be able uh, to come in here in Lambeau when it's this cold and win a game. But, you know who came in and won the game there? It was Tom Brady. Tom Brady, now this year, it's sort of the best, or my bad, it is sort of, the same thing, where Bucks players are getting crazy. We'll talk about Antonio Brown in a bit, but they're talking about the weather. No, one not one of these teams, warm weather teams. You know the Bucks, the uh, Rams, the Cardinals. None of them want to come in. Did they all like? There's maybe a few analysis, did, but did a lot of them forget that this same team, the Bucks, came in and beat them in a cold game last year? And do you happen to know that Tom Brady is the best cold weather quarterback of all time? 13-2 and two in cold weather playoff games, actually 14-2. and two. When the temperature's 29 or lower, he's 25-4. 25-4. When games that are below 40 degrees, he's 61-9. Sixty-one and nine. Uh, guess what? I'm not worried about Tom Brady having to go to the cold because uh, he's done that his whole life. So congratulations to Green Bay for securing the one seed, getting a home game because you'll be playing a team that you'll probably beat there in the divisional round, like the Rams or the Cardinals. That's just the facts. The true test is going to be Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, and I'm not counting out them quite yet. The Rams and Baltimore. What a game that was. The LA Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. 
Ravens come up just a point short. Yet again, no Lamar Jackson. It's Tyler Huntley, and they lose by a point 20 to 19. How did they lose this game? There's one play in my mind that really hurt this team early in the game. Baltimore Ravens with the pick six. Uh, they have the momentum and they're driving down the field late in the game. It's 10 to zero or late in the second, late in the first half. It's 10 to zero and Tyler Huntley throws an interception with like two minutes left. Then the Rams get a touchdown on that ensuing drive. You go into the half 13 to 7, and instead of being up 10 to 0, 13 to 0, it's 13 to 7. However, your defense holds strong at 16 to 7 going into the fourth quarter. However, your defense cannot stop them on two pivotal drives. In the red zone, you've got to kick a field goal, so it's 19 14. Rams come back, get a touchdown. It's 2019. All you have to do. If you're a Ravens, you know you got Justin Tucker. You just got to get to the 40-yard line so we can kick a 60-yarder. And you can't even do that. Uh, the Ravens fall apart yet again. Probably cost them a shot in the playoffs because they now have to beat the Steelers. And they have to hope that the Jaguars beat the Colts. Again, unlikely. Sorry, Baltimore. And the Rams... You have to severely cut out on the turnovers. Matthew Stafford, two interceptions, a pick six, leads the league with four pick sixes. He's got 15 interceptions on the season. That's a lot of interceptions. I know he's thrown a lot of touchdowns, but that is still a high ratio of touchdowns to interceptions, higher than you want it to be. Matthew Stafford has got to cut that out, especially with the division on the line next week against the 49ers. I'm glad that the Rams have a five-game streak that they've been on. Uh, but Matthew Stafford and that streak has turned the ball over a lot. They're going to have to have play better to beat the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan has some experience in that. Seattle and Detroit. Was this Russell Wilson's last game in Seattle? Very well could be. A lot of people talking about it, even though Russell Wilson's acting like everything's fine. Pete Carroll says, nobody knows the conversations that are going on with me and Russell. Well, that's fine. If it was your last home game, you had a great performance, your best of the season, 236 yards, four touchdowns. Rashad Penny was great as well against a porous Lions defense. So congratulations to Russell if this is your last game. If not, you will expect a similar season to this one as well as you are the last team in the NFC West. And all three teams are far better than you at every single position. Not quarterback, but the other teams far better than the Seattle Seahawks. Houston and San Francisco. Houston, you know, playing inspired. Had the big win against the Chargers last week. They get out to a 7-0 lead. However, San Francisco scores 23 straight points. I like Trey Lance. 249 yards, two touchdowns, a wacky interception that he threw. But I just don't know if I trust Trey Lance as much as Jimmy G. And I know Jimmy G makes some bad throws, bad plays here and there. 
But when the writing game's going, especially with Elijah Mitchell, Jimmy G doesn't throw those type of interceptions. It's more of just the just checkdowns to George Kittle and Debo, where he's not forcing the ball. So I think if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy next week, you start him, especially if Elijah Mitchell is. That helps out this team. I'd roll with Jimmy G. He's got the experience. He's got two Super Bowls as a backup, and he lost one as a starter against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that's understandable. But I would start Jimmy G if he is healthy enough to play against the Niners. You're going to need all hands on deck if you're going to get in and get into the playoffs. A must-win, I believe, for the Niners since the Saints play the Falcons. Denver, Broncos, and the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers needed this win here, or they could be on the brink of elimination, and the Chargers decided to avenge their loss earlier in the season to the Broncos, where Justin Herbert looked bad, the defense looked bad. Now Justin Herbert did not turn the ball over at well at all. Austin Eckler was involved early in the game, both running the football and as a pass catcher. A brilliant game design by Brandon Staley to get him the ball. Austin Eckler, thank you for a great fantasy day, even though it wasn't enough to win my game. Uh, thank you all year for, in my league, being the second best running back. Without you, I would not have won as many games. So, Austin Eckler, great job. Great year. Then uh, for this Chargers team, keeps the playoff hopes alive. Win and you're in for the Los Angeles Chargers as they now face the Raiders. Philadelphia and the Washington football team. Philadelphia won the game, clinched a playoff spot at 9-7. and seven. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. Who would have thought that here they are, clinched a playoff spot. They have won four games in a row. Congratulations to them. They could have beat the Giants as well, and they could even be on a longer winning streak, like a seven-game winning streak. But sometimes you lose crazy games, and that was one of them. Where the Eagles looked lost earlier in the year uh, when they lost to the 49ers, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bucks early in the year, the Raiders as well. Second half, they really turned it around. Bought into what Nick Sirianna was doing, head coach there. Jalen Hurts played efficient, doesn't throw a lot of touchdown passes. But this rushing attack, one of the best in the NFL with him in Boston Scott. They do just enough to throw the football to where you have to respect it. The defense plays good. It plays inspired at times. Philadelphia, I think, will be a tough out in the playoffs because their brand of football travels anywhere. I think it'll be a telling game this Sunday against the Cow, or actually this Saturday against the Cowboys to see if they're legitimate or not earlier in the year, uh, got punked by Dallas. Now can they at least hang in and give them a motivation, some fighting chance, because they haven't beat a playoff team in their four-game winning streak or in a while. So this is a big one here. If they win and the Niners lose, they're the sixth seed. They win, the Niners win. They are the seventh seed. I'd much rather have the sixth seed this year. And if you're Washington 
you are on a four-game losing streak after being 6-6, six and six, controlling your own destiny. All this talk, you have laid the ultimate egg, losing to the Cowboys twice and to the Eagles twice. Because of this, your playoff chances are over. Taylor Heineke has not been that guy, which I don't think he is. The defense has played just so-so. To me, they don't have anybody that scares me on their offense other than Terry McLaurin. And I don't trust Taylor Heineke to throw to him a ton. Uh, Curtis Samuel is not a guy I'm fearful of either. Uh, So this team, offense especially, needs some work. Ron Rivera needs to go to the drawing board. And we'll see if they can win some games. Maybe it'll be better if they decide on a name. And speaking of that, you know, the Washington football team says they're going to unveil their name on February 2nd. So we'll see what they uh, choose. I hear the names are down to the Armada, Presidents, Brigade, Red Hawks, Commanders, Defenders, and Football Team. So there's still like a roll of a dice that they'll keep football team, sadly, or to keep the same colors, which is another atrocity all in itself. But if I'm the Washington football team, and I have to choose between these names, maybe I'd go with, like, the Red Hawks or the Commanders or the Defenders. I like the Cleveland Guardians a lot. Uh, so I think if you take a page from their book and kind of do the Defenders or Commanders, maybe I'm just thinking of Commander Cody from Star Wars, or Defender Strange is a Doctor Strange variant. Uh, But we'll see Red Hawks would be cool, because obviously red in their colors scheme, uh, Red Hawks. So we'll see. As long as it's not football team, please. It's been painful enough to have the Washington football team for as long as they've been. Then you had the crazy game. Legitimate crazy. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New York Jets. What do I mean by crazy? Well, I never thought Tom Brady and the Bucks would trail the New York Jets this year uh, for ninety-nine or 59 minutes. Uh, Jets score early. Mike Evans, Brady connect at 7-7. Uh, 14-10 Jets, four, uh, 17-10 at halftime. And it's 24-10 in the third quarter. I'm like, oh my, I'm going to lose to the Jets. The Bucks, who I started my fantasy defense, is going to cost me now at this point as they only had one point for me. They haven't looked good. And I'm like, is this really going to happen? Are the Bucks really going to lose to the Jets? And then what happens? Antonio Brown decides to have a meltdown where he strips off his jersey, his pads, Throws his gloves into the crowd. Throws his undershirt into the crowd. Run around to the end zone cheering. Pumping up the crowd. And the saddest thing about this is that the security thought he was a fan. Didn't even recognize him as Antonio Brown. Thought he was a fan. Gets out of the stadium and doesn't even have a ride. Has to Uber. And then he's caught up a Brooklyn Nets game last night. What a far fall from grace. Antonio Brown. I say this because there's been conflicting stories about Antonio Brown and the injury. 
Or was Antonio Brown not getting the targets as incentive, even though he had another game next week? There's been a lot of things. But there are better ways to handle yourself than the way that he handled it. You may not like Bruce Arians. You may not like Rob Gronkowski. But you had one player, and the only player, that you needed to vouch for you in Tom Brady. He went to the line for you. He kept you around, let you stay in his place, all that. We all know that. And I'm not going to say he turned his back on the Bucks, but he also turned his back on Tom Brady in that game. That hurt. I think that hurt Tom Brady, even though he still threw for 410 yards, three touchdowns. The game-winning score with 15 seconds left. To Sir Cyril Grayson. Now that's who the Bucks have to lean on. AB, MIA, Chris Godwin, torn ACL. It's going to have to be Mike Evans is a wide receiver one, Gronkowski. And now let me remind folks is, you know, we anoint the Packers as winners and write the Bucks off now. And then I look to the Super Bowl championship set Tom Brady won. Uh, not earlier in his career, but later in his career with the Patriots, where his best receiver was Gronkowski. And half the time Gronkowski was out, so it was Julian Edelman. You got a healthy Gronk. You got Mike Evans, who's better than any wide receiver the Patriots had on their last three championships, where they were throwing to Hogan and to uh, Julian Edelman and all of them. You got Mike Evans, you got got Gronkowski, you got O.J. Howard, you got Cameron Brait. It's a big lineup. If Leonard Fournette comes back, that'll obviously help this team. I'm not writing this team off quite yet. They got one more game to kind of figure it out with the team that they have in the regular season. First round of the playoffs, that wild card game, I don't think will be as difficult as last year's wild card game was. But we'll see what happens divisional round and we'll go from there but a crazy scene for sure in New York Carolina in New Orleans New Orleans again had to win to stay alive and they did that winning 18 to 10 for the Carolina Panthers sent them on a six game losing streak I watched them beat the Cardinals I was there at State Farm Stadium when Cam said I'm back and I thought He could be back. This team looks good. And then you lose six in a row. Six in a row. And you don't look good in any of those games. And now you finish off against the Bucs. And you'll probably lose seven in a row. I mean, that's just bad news for Carolina. But the New Orleans uh, Saints still have a chance. They beat the Falcons and the Rams beat the Niners. You are in the playoffs with Taysom Hill. As your quarterback, a good defense, Alvin Kamara. Congratulations to them for weathering the Drew Brees retirement. Staying at 8-8, losing your quarterback, Jameis Winston, this year to Torin ACL. And you're still in the playoff hunt. You still have a game to fight for. Congratulations to the New Orleans Saints. New England and Jacksonville, not much to speak up here except New England... 
exerted all the pain and frustration they had the past two weeks from their losses and took it out on the Jacksonville Jaguars, put up a 50-piece. Happens to be the second time this season that they've put up 50 points. Sorry, Jacksonville, you were outmatched. Mac Jones played much better this game. Congratulations to the Patriots. Indianapolis and Las Vegas. This is a game I did not pick correctly. I picked Indianapolis. I thought it would be close, especially since Carson Wentz didn't have a week of practice, had the vid, but the one thing I forgot to factor in, which I usually factor into all these games, was the loss of John Madden, icon, Raiders coach, broadcaster, and the Raiders played inspired. Uh, I believe they won that game for John Madden. Uh, Looked good as well. Jonathan Taylor rushed for over 100 yards. First time this season that the Colts lost the game when Jonathan Taylor has rushed for over 100 yards. They've been showing that like all season long. 9-0 when he rushes for 100 yards, like 0-8 when he doesn't. Now you can say they're 9-1 or whatever when he rushes for 100 yards. Thanks for playing that stat on a loop. Continuously, you just jinxed it. You just wanted to play it until it broke, and you couldn't show the stat anymore. So thank you for that. Las Vegas That is exactly what I needed. Indianapolis to lose. You're right, that's not exactly what I needed. What about another crazy game? Kansas City and Cincinnati. Congratulations to Jamar Chase for trying to assist me in winning a fantasy championship. Wasn't enough. But I will say, I have never experienced a point total like that by one player. Jamar Chase, history in one day. 11 receptions, 266 yards, and 3 touchdowns. What records did he break? Well, of course he broke the Cincinnati uh, uh, single game receiving record. Uh, he also broke most yards by a receiver in a game by a rookie. Uh, he broke the rookie receiving record, which Justin Jefferson broke last year. His good friend, teammate Jamar Chase, broke it this year. I'm happy it was in 16 games, so we don't have to debate the 17th game. Brilliant performance by Jamar Chase. And the Kansas City defense could do nothing to stop them. The Chiefs, whose defense has played well the past few weeks, got torched by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow throwing 446 yards, four touchdowns. Again, three of them to Jamar Chase. They were down as well, uh, 28 uh, to 14. And they just did not go away all the way and took the lead 31-28, then 34-31. Congratulations, Cincinnati Bengals. Not only to Jamar Chase for wrapping up Offensive Rookie of the Year, but the Bengals winning the AFC North. I didn't think they were going to win the AFC North. I picked the Browns, and they're the worst team in the AFC North. Uh, Disappointing, but the Cincinnati Bengals team, this Bengals team is fun to watch. I know we talk about the past Cincinnati Bengals teams with Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis where they could not win a playoff game, and they haven't won a playoff game in like 20 years. But this Cincinnati Bengals team, 
is different. It's fun to watch. It's electric. They got playmakers all over the field that are young. Uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon at running back, your receiver core, and Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Offensive lines playing better than expected. The defense can get after a quarterback with a free agent, say, signed to Trey Hendrickson. I mean, this team is fun to watch. And like people are saying, and I have to agree with, they're a problem for years to come in this division. They put the Baltimore Ravens on alert because they whooped up on them twice. Same thing to the Steelers. I know the Browns beat them, but I expect Cincinnati to exact some revenge next week on the Browns. This Cincinnati Bengals team is a good team. I think they're a playoff contender. Or, my bad, they're already in the playoffs. But I think they're a Super Bowl contender team that I think will finish with a top three seed. That would, right now, make them have to go to play Kansas City in Kansas City. But I think if any team can do it right now in the AFC... It's this this Cincinnati's Bengals team. Great performance all around. Not taking away because Patrick Mahomes also had a good game. Damian Williams, uh, Travis Kelsey and all them. Uh, The defense, to me, was just inexplicable that they wouldn't double-team or bracket Jamar Chase at all. Miami and Tennessee. Miami on the seven-game winning streak. It was snapped, and they got eliminated in one day. I mean, what a bad day for the Dolphins. You're 8-7. and seven. You'll lose this game 34-3. to Two was worst game, you know, since before that seven-game win streak. That hurts them. But I think at least you finish strong. You're that much better. And if you're the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill didn't inspire anything. Your running back foreman was great. But now you beat the Texans next week. You're the number one seed. That is huge since you're the only one to get it. What's also big news is that you'll probably get Derrick Henry back for that week. They are saying Derrick Henry could play this Sunday if it was a winner uh, gets in. But I don't think they need Derrick Henry to beat the Texans as long as Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw four interceptions. And then you get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. This team will be a tough out. A.J. Brown playing well. If Julio Jones will get healthy then too. I mean, this Tennessee Titans team will be a tough out. I like watching Derrick Henry. like watching this team. It'll be exciting to watch them. Chicago trampled the New York Giants 29-3. In Buffalo, down 15-14 to 14 at half to the Atlanta Falcons. Devin Singletary in the second half. Two touchdowns. 29-15 Buffalo to avoid a huge upset and to keep grasp on third place in the AFC East. So after this crazy week 17, who are my top five teams in the NFL through 17 weeks? Number five, the Tennessee Titans. Yes, somehow they proved the doubters wrong. They withheld, or my bad, they, uh, trying to think of a word here. They uh, weathered the storm of Derrick Henry being out the whole second half of the season. They beat a lot of good playoff teams. 
in the stretch. Uh, they beat the Colts twice. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Rams. They beat the Saints. I mean, this team has played good. They beat the Niners. Some of those games without Derrick Henry. So you do that. Hey, this is a success, especially if you get the number one seed. A lot of people wrote this team off after Derrick Henry got injured. But here they are. Mike Vrabel, excellent head coaching job. A defense playing good as well. A lot of things factoring in to this team being where we're at at 11-5. and five And on the cusp of the number one seed in first round bye. Number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, I know the Chiefs lost to the Titans earlier in the year, but that was turnover Mahomes and just bad offense drops. This has been a different team second half of the season where they're the second highest passing offense. Mahomes at around 285 yards a game. This offense is a total almost to 400 yards a game. This offense is potent. I know a lot's been talked about this defense. This defense has been better. It's a bend-not-break, even though they broke a lot against uh, the Bengals. When it comes playoff time, when it's a big-game moment, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes over a lot of other quarterbacks. They got the experience as well. They were a corrected the ship, starting off 3-4. and four. You get an eight-game winning streak going, and then it gets snapped this week. Not taking any of that away from the Kansas City Chiefs and how well they've played. Number three, the Los Angeles Rams have been great, you know, with the Los Angeles Rams. You know, it's kind of been like, you know, a movie you're excited for and... It's just a long movie, so you start off the movie strong. Then in the middle, it gets a little murky or ugly. You know, the Rams had the 7-1 and one start, then they lost three in a row, and you're like, uh, are they for real? It's kind of getting a little boring, ugly. And then it starts to pick up again on that five-game winning streak, which the Rams are on now, and you're like, hey, even when Matthew Stafford's turning the ball over, which he has to cut down on a lot, this is still... A really good team. Matthew Stafford is second in a lot of quarterback uh, stats, yards, touchdowns. He's got a high completion percentage uh, in QBR, so he's playing good. Cooper Cup will most likely be offensive player of the year. Needs 134 yards to break Megatron's single-season receiving record. He's at 1,829. He's been fantastic, so congratulations to this team. This offense are playing so well. Number two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the best offense in football, especially after the Dallas Cowboys laid that egg. This is the best offense in football this year. 405 yards a game, throwing for 305 yards. Tom Brady is the leader in the clubhouse for me at MVP. 10 yards short of 5,000 at 40 touchdowns, second best QBR, high completion percentage. I mean, Tom Brady at 44 years old is still the GOAT, is still going 
I mean, he has been that good. The defense has not been as strong, but first half of the season, you had all these injuries to the secondary. Now the second half, it seems like the front seven's been injured with JPP or Shaq Baird or Levante David. So thankfully, these aren't big injuries. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. I think everybody will be back. But this is a good team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think one that can definitely still repeat. But number one is the Green Bay Packers. They are the best team in football right now. Statistically speaking, 13-3, and they're the only team with that record to have wrapped up the first seed, first round bye. They've played a difficult schedule as well. Uh, they have won a lot of their games. Aaron Rodgers has been tremendous. 35 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Hasn't thrown an interception in like 5 or 6 games, however long it's been. He doesn't turn the football over. That's the one reason, you know, you talk about Aaron Rodgers in the MVP conversation is his interception-touchdown ratio. That's the only thing because you're going to measure him to Tom Brady. I'd still give it to Tom Brady, but it's the completeness of this offense. The running game with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, uh, Devontae Adams. The defense started off the year very strong as a top 5, top 10 unit. Past few weeks hasn't looked as strong against the better teams, but they're still playing with some players injured. Uh, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Zydaria Smith. We'll see how many of them return. But they got the Lions coming up next. We'll see what happens that game. If Aaron Rodgers actually plays with Devontae or not, you don't want to risk injury. But the Green Bay Packers have coasted. You know, they've won tight games. But all you have to do is just win and get in. And the Packers have done that. So those are my top five teams in the NFL through 17 weeks. The Tennessee Titans the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Green Bay Packers. Now moving on to the NBA. Ja Morant. I had the wonderful privilege of seeing Ja last week play the Phoenix Suns here in Phoenix, and he had quite the game Thriller 114-113. Ja was back at it again last night. This time at Brooklyn. Morant leading them to a win over Kevin Durant and the Nets. 36 points. I mean, this guy has the ultimate killer instinct. Six rebounds, eight assists. His impact is felt all over the floor. Makes a Desmond Bain better who has had 29 points last night. I mean, Dylan Brooks is still out. This Memphis Grizzlies team, I think, is for real. They're a good team who beat the uh, Warriors last year in the play-in. Were a little too much for the uh, Jazz. Jazz was a little too much for them. But now, that extra year, they have matured. They have played a lot better. And it's a fun team to watch. However, I will say this. Desmond Bain saying that we've got to talk about Ja is the best point guard right now. That's a bit much. It's a bit much. Why? Because Steph Curry is still playing in the NBA. Is still a point guard. Last time I checked, 
and you can't save those type of things, that's fuel to the fire. You mean the Warriors in the playoffs or in the next game? Next thing you know, Steph Curry's going to drop 50 on your head. You don't do that, Desmond. Don't advertise that. Yes, Josh playing great. I think he's the second best point guard in the NBA just this season uh, because Dame uh, has had some troubles. Kyrie hasn't played. Uh, James Harden has just been so-so. Trey Young's been okay. So Jaws really taken a huge step this year. But we can't compare Ja and Steph Curry. Desmond, please stop it. Uh, Don't say that, you know, until Steph Curry's retired. Thank you. This leads me to my top five teams in the NBA. In Memphis, you don't even make the cut. So Desmond, you don't even have a top team. Number one, or my bad, I start with a five. Number five is the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden and uh, Kevin Durant. They're on a three-game losing streak. Am I that worried? No, because Kyrie is coming back to save them. Uh, just kidding, no. The losses, yes, it's to me it's mostly on their defensive efficiency. Kevin Durant has played good. I'm going to monitor it. Uh, but because Milwaukee just lost to Detroit, I cannot put Milwaukee at five. I still can't can't count on a team that has James Harden and Kevin Durant, especially if Kyrie comes back into the mix for away games. We'll see how potent they look on that side of the ball. Number four, Utah Jazz. Again, this is another really good team who was number one in the West last year. Best offensive team right now. They average 116 points per game. I also have the highest point differential well at just around 10. They've won seven of their past 10. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, regular season Rudy. Maybe that should be his name. I got con artist Kirk. Postseason Rudy isn't good, but regular season Rudy, he's a problem for a lot of teams. So I'll give it to him. Number three, the Chicago Bulls, the best team in the East, surprisingly. They have won eight games in a row. DeMar DeRozan with a couple of buzzer beaters as well in that time span. And this just makes me wonder, DeMar DeRozan, who wanted to come to the Lakers, Lakers said no and traded for Russell Westbrook. Imagine if they still had DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, two staples on the Chicago Bulls, how different this Lakers team would look, however, they are making Boston look good. Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine in there. This is a good Chicago Bulls team. And then you have the two-man race for the top spot. Number two is still the Phoenix Suns. They've won seven of their last ten. Uh, they beat the breaks off of bad opponents. I mean, rarely do they get beat by a bad opponent Uh They're competitive in almost every game they play in. Chris Paul, Devin Booker is ascending. DeAndre Ayton, Monty Williams, fantastic coach as well. This team has a young core and a lot of pieces, you know, for years to come. But number one is still the Golden State Warriors. They have won eight of their past ten games. Steph Curry... MVP, most valuable player. Draymond Green got MVP remarks 
from Coach Snyder of B-Jazz. Steve Kerr is the coach. Jordan Poole has been fantastic. Much better than he was last year. And you also got Clay Thompson on the verge of returning, hoping he returns on Sunday. That just adds another layer, another dynamic, another great three-point piece. We'll see how that fits, how that all works. But the Golden State Warriors are a real threat and team to watch. So those are my top five teams in the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets, the Utah Jazz, the Chicago Bulls, the Phoenix Suns, and the Golden State Warriors. Now I'm going to pick two games tonight. Indiana Pacers and the New York Knicks. I'm going with the Knicks. Knicks are healthy uh, for the most part. No Derrick Rose. We'll see if Kemba Walker plays tonight. But the Pacers, no Jeremy Lamb, no Karis LeVert, no TJ McConnell, no Malcolm Brogdon. That's just too many good players for them. That's why they're 14-23. and 23. Julius Randle, big game tonight in the Garden. I believe the Knicks win. Kings and Lakers, you know, Sacramento, four games in a row that they've lost. LeBron has been great in the past few weeks he's been playing basketball, overcoming some of the bad play by Russell Westbrook. Can the Lakers win this game? I never know with the Lakers. I never know if they're going to win one or lose one. That's why they're 19-19. and I'll pick the Lakers to win, but I don't know if I've ever been less confident in the Lakers than I have been this year. They need the win. You know, they win tonight, and you're sort of right there back into the 5-6 spot where you want to be. To me, you don't want to be any lower than 5 because I know the 4 will play the 5, but you want to be a top 5 team in the West. Any lower than that, it gets rough as you're 6, you're playing Utah, and lower than that, you're playing a play-in, and you're either playing Golden State or Phoenix, and you don't want that smoke in the first round. Now moving on to some college football and to some bowl games. My Michigan Wolverines lost to Georgia. I was very upset when that happened. Very, very upset. Disappointed uh, that they came out after such a fantastic season. And got 34 points dropped on them. 27 in the first half. I mean, I know Georgia's a good team. Offensive firepower. They played with tempo. You're up 7-0. to zero. I mean, then Michigan drives. They have a decent driver on the Georgia's territory. They go for it. A uh, couple of drops that drive. Georgia scores right back. Then Michigan just has a series of turnovers that kill this team. They turn the ball over three times. Two interceptions. Uh, by uh, Cade McNamara, a fumble lost by Blake Corum. I, it was just sloppy. The turnover on downs, too. I mean, this game was not clean at all. Every time they could make a comeback, it was a turnover on downs. It was a interception. I mean, J.J. McCarthy came in and really burst this team in the fourth quarter. However, it was too late because the third quarter is when you needed some scores and when you're turning the ball over. Uh, I mean, the defense is stopping them all the whole time in the third quarter, and you can't score. I mean, momentum, it's like, I know this season was a great season, but the end, bitter end right here now is what it is. It's disappointing. It's like watching a great movie, and 
you get a twist ending and the twist just falls flat on his face. You don't like it. This was the Michigan ending here. However, I think the future is bright with J.J. McCarthy. Like him better as a long-term solution than Cade. Uh, kind of a dual threat. The ability to escape pressure constantly is amazing. The ability to scramble, make plays that Cade really can't do. I like you've got Blake Corum coming back. Even though Hassan Haskins will be gone. you got Blake Corum. Donovan Edwards in your receiver core. Mike Saren still. Ronnie Bell coming back. Uh, Andrew Anthony. you got recruits coming in as well. I mean, offense I think will be just fine. Josh Gaddis, if he stays brilliant, is going to be, to me, the defense, uh, especially the front seven, the Josh uh, Ross, the Aiden Hutchinson, the Ajabo, Ken Taylor Upshaw, and you know other players step up in the front seven. I think the secondary... With the recruits they're bringing in, we'll see if some of them stay. I don't know if I want Vincent Gray to stay after he lost the ball in the air. Uh, But I think Michigan is in good hands. I was right on their season. I thought they'd make make a playoff and lose their first playoff game. So they met my expectations. However, I wanted them to exceed my expectations. And we'll see, the sadly, the SEC matchup. Now I have to root for Alabama. Can't root for Georgia in that game. Other big bowl games. Utah and Ohio State. What a bowl game that was. But Rose Bowl delivered us the best one yet. Utah basically had the lead the whole game. Up 14-0. You're up at the half. 35-21. Then... You're going into the fourth quarter. You're up 38-31. And then in the fourth quarter, you sort of implode. No cam rising. You're down 45-38. You come back and tie. But the way this offense was rolling, it was just too much. Jackson Smith and Jigma, 15 receptions. 347 yards and three touchdowns. C.J. Stroud, 573 yards, six touchdowns. What a performance by this Ohio State offense who last time got embarrassed by the Michigan Wolverines. They came out and had an offensive showing. Utah, I thought, played great as well. What an electric bowl game. That was best one of the season so far. But now, there's only two bowl games left. You have the Tax Act Texas Bowl tonight and then the National Championship on Monday. So tonight's Tax Act Texas Bowl is LSU and Kansas State. LS, or Kansas State is a big favorite uh, seven points. However, I like LSU. I think LSU can match up with Kansas State. I know no Coach O. I think LSU, uh, I think, wants to win this game. Uh, go out seniors with the bowl win. Get to seven and six, and it's the SEC over the Big 12. How can I not pick LSU over Kansas State? Then to wrap up, college basketball. Last night, Wisconsin upset Purdue, number 23, beat number 3. Congratulations to Wisconsin. Johnny Davis uh, scoring 37 points en route to a 5-point victory. Great win by Wisconsin. Definitely shakes up the top 10 more than it does already. Purdue was ranked number 3 going into that game. They lose, so they'll drop. Definitely interesting going forward. Uh, Not a lot of undefeated teams left. You just got Baylor, USC, Colorado State. We'll see how it goes. Tonight, Baylor plays Oklahoma. Not counting out Oklahoma because they're 11-2. and two. 
But now that we're in the conference schedule of college basketball, things get a lot more interesting. This has been Get Your Goat. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.